And so I think that by working on this collectively, together with with a focus put on rollouts, really public rollouts for things, whether that's for the activity and weight loss portion of things, or whether it's the medical follow-up, uh, those things have been very successful. We saw that the longer they stayed involved with the program, the more weight loss they had. And then we saw that that weight loss was leading to improvements in their blood pressures, their blood sugars, problems with back and joint pains, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, and welcome to part two of my conversation with Drs. Ted and Janet Mitchell, Chancellor and First Lady of the Texas Tech University System. If you had a chance to listen to part one, you already know how impressive the Mitchells are in their background as medical doctors and wellness experts. This week, you're going to hear how they launched an initiative that has measurably improved the health of the Texas Tech University System's employee population. Essentially, they have been able to promote and roll out some programs that are available through the ERS Health Plan. The Mitchells are both committed to making a positive impact in the lives of their employee population, and they want to share their strategies so that others can do the same. If you're interested in learning more about the programs we discussed personally, you can find links in the show notes and register to participate yourself. And if you're interested in rolling out a program within your agency or your higher education institution, please reach out so we can work together to make that happen. Thanks again for your interest in these topics and for being a part of this community. All right, here's part two. I'd like to shift gears here and talk about some of the things you're doing at Texas Tech University and Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center through the system to improve employee health and well-being. Can you break down for us some of the initiatives that you've put in place and how you're working to develop a healthy culture throughout the system? Necessity is the mother of invention. And when we had our conversation a few years ago about how poorly uh, Texas Tech and the Health Sciences Center were doing, that's the stimulation you need to- From a health standpoint. Yeah, to really get something going. Yeah, how poorly they were doing from a health standpoint. Our employees, uh, once we saw the numbers there, uh, this is one of those things where our personal backgrounds with, with exercise, as well as our professional backgrounds in health and wellness, really came into being. And as you will recall, Lacey, one of the first things I said was, well, I know who it is that can help run this initiative, and that's Janet. And so we're fortunate that we've had the background that we have, and our system is fortunate to have Janet taking on the lead with this. But what we've done is, I'll let her talk more about this. We started out with two of the universities that were the larger universities to start the the program going, but the the benefits that we were seeing, we've been able to now move out to our other universities. And so I think that by working on this collectively together with with a focus put on rollouts, really public rollouts for things, whether that's for the activity and weight loss portion of things, or whether it's the medical follow-up, those things have been very successful. But I'll let Janet talk about the details. Well, you know, getting those results back in 2018 were very kind of upsetting because, you know, you want your employees to be happy, to be healthy, and happy and healthy employees are also more productive employees. And so we started this initiative, you know, we were actually going to start it out with a a health fair, and we were going to have a big outdoor event and and get people motivated. and, And then COVID kind of put a damper on that, but we 
we did launch this initiative digitally online. And the main thing was to let our employees become aware of some of the benefits under our insurance with ERS. The, uh, the Texas Tech employees are insured by Blue Cross Blue Shield. And one of the benefits of Blue Cross Blue Shield is uh, enrollment in a program called Wonder. And they have another program called Real Appeal. But one of the reasons that I chose to familiarize our employees with the Wonder program was number one, because I knew the people that started Wonder. Doctors, scientists, who based their program on scientific research. We had both worked with them closely when we were at the Cooper Clinic. The number two thing, the reason that I chose them is because they had it set up in such a way that I could get feedback. I could get data back from Wonder as to how our employees are before and afters, how they had started and where we were leading. And so it was really a program of letting everybody know, hey, you've got this benefit through Blue Cross Blue Shield. It's completely free of charge. You can be on this program as long or as little as you want, and it could be very beneficial to you. And it's not a weight loss program of, hey, I'm going to put you on this diet. We're going to count these calories No, it was really about teaching people what I call the psychology of eating, teaching people how to be more mindful about their eating habits. Why do they eat? Are they hungry? Are they bored? Are they stressed? How how much are they eating? Are they eating too much because they're just, you know, guzzling down their food, eating so fast, eating on the go? They're not really focusing on the flavor, the taste of their foods. So the program really is to teach people how to be more mindful about their eating. And surprisingly, by being more mindful about your eating and slowing down and and really asking yourself, am I really eating because I'm hungry? Am I eating for another reason? That can go a very long way in, in helping people lose weight. And when we set this initiative, it was also during COVID at a time when stress and anxiety were really high. People were worried about COVID, about getting it. We were hearing all about hospitalizations, deaths. People were worried about losing their jobs. People weren't able to make house payments, you know, rents. People had to go from all of a sudden being at work to now being at home and not only being at home and working, but then schooling children and feeding kids. So, I mean, there was so much stress and anxiety And the WONDER program also has a component where it helps to deal with our stresses and our anxieties and how to improve our sleep, all things that are very important to how we eat. You know, I always tell people that when you don't sleep well, when you don't have deep, restful sleep for a long enough period, you're going to run around more hungry the next day and it's going to be even more difficult for you to control your appetite. So by just teaching our employees that they had this benefit available, we saw dramatic results. We saw our employees losing weight, and we saw that the longer they stayed involved with the program, the more weight loss they had. And then we saw that that weight loss was leading to improvements in their blood pressures, their blood sugars, problems with back and joint pains, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's been something that was so successful the first semester that we launched it that we've decided to relaunch it every semester for new hires, new employees, and now extending it to the other universities that are part of our system. 
That's amazing. I, I love that you're seeing so much success with that program. And I can't say enough good things about Wonder. I went through it personally as well. And one of the things I love that you did, Janet, was when you launched the program, you wrote an article and you talked about your own struggles and how you had gone through the program. And I think that vulnerability and being human really means a lot to people and just kind of here's here's some of the things I've been going through. And COVID was hard for all of us, you know, and can you talk a little bit about the the uh, article that you wrote and Yeah, and actually that article is tied to a a wellness website that we also created for our university. And we actually have a a Facebook page for our wellness. We call it our wellness group. And it's a, a platform for people to talk about their own journeys, where they've come from, what they're trying to achieve, what their successes have been, what their challenges have been, because we all have challenges. Um, And so by writing this letter, I was able to share my story. I came from a family where everybody on my father's side was diabetic. So I had firsthand experience witnessing what it was to lose a limb because of high blood sugars or what it was to have heart attacks because of your high blood sugar. And I remember from the time I was in in college, I was bound and determined not to let diabetes affect me. And so from the time that I was in college, making sure that I didn't smoke, that I try to eat as healthy as I could. And I, and I say that with an asterisk because you know how old college kids are, but you know, trying to just make healthier choices and trying to make sure that physical activity was always a part of my life. I can say now at the age of 60, I'm the only one in my father's family who's not developed diabetes. And I really attribute that to my healthier lifestyle habits. And so I wanted to share that story with people and and hopefully motivate others to share their stories to help motivate other individuals as well. I have to put in a plug for you here, Lacey, because you as the wellness coordinator for ERS have done great things and you have a wellness calendar that comes out the beginning of every month and you have all sorts of lectures and interviews and exercise classes and things that can also help give further information to our, all of our employees. And so we always are putting links to your wellness calendar on our wellness page because we want to empower people and educate people to learn as much as they can in, as to what they need to do to, to take good care of themselves. Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate your sharing that information because we are seeing a lot more Texas Tech and Texas Tech Health Science Center employees engaging in those webinars and I think we've had a couple of, we do these morning check-ins with Get Fit Texas right now, and you've had some employees to win door prizes. So it's really great to get that collaboration and and community building because we are all one, you know, state. And I I think that's a, a wonderful thing. So appreciate that. I was wondering if we could shift gears because I want to talk about preventive screenings and preventive visits. I just got the recent data for ERS Health Plan. In 2020, we had a significant reduction in people going to the doctor for their annual preventive screenings, which I think was something we were sort of expecting because a lot of doctor's offices were closed and there were people that were fearful of going to the doctor's office and so on. But now that we are back, we are this year, 2021, 
We were almost back up to where we were in 2019, so that's good, but it's still not good. We're still around 50% of our population as a, as a whole, and what we see is that most men don't go to the doctor. Women are much more likely to go to the doctor than, than men are, so I was wondering if y'all have any thoughts on that, those barriers for men and women, but <laughs> a couple of things with it. Uh, one of the things that people in general need to understand about when talk about prevention, preventive screens, prevention is not about screening everybody for every disease known to man. That's not about, that's not prevention at all. What prevention is about, it's about taking individuals and based on their demographics their age, their sex, et cetera, et cetera, coupled by their habits, coupled by their family history and saying, okay, if I have a 45-year-old man uh, who is a smoker, who has a family history of heart disease, what are the things most likely to kill him? And the list is not 20 things. It'll be three or four or five. And then really screening for those things. So that's the first step in it. And then as importantly, the counseling based upon the results of the screening about the things that person can control to help their own destiny becomes your preventive screen, your preventive evaluation. And I think that with if you look at men in general, when it comes to health-related things in particular, the ignorance is bliss. If I just don't know about it, everything will be fine. I'll just ignore it. If I have a pain here, pain there, and just go about my business with things. And I really don't know, need to go see a doctor because I feel fine. So part of it is the education for men to understand that many of the things that are going to kill you as you get older have illnesses that predate those. So if you're going to have a heart attack at age 65, chances are very high that you had issues with your blood pressure, your blood cholesterol, your lipids, your uh, uh, your blood sugar well before then. And so you can find those things earlier and treating them with medicine, treating them with lifestyle, you can intervene so that you don't have that heart attack at 65. Maybe you have that heart attack at 75. Maybe you have it at eight. Maybe you don't have it at all. So a large part of it for men is the ignorance is bliss. As long as I don't know, as long as I feel fine, I'm okay. And so the, the antidote to that, if you will, is education and saying the things that are going to get you statistically, it's not a long list, it's a handful of things, and you need to be screening for those things because a fate worse than death for that man at age 60 or 65 that has the heart attack is not dying, but it's becoming a cardiac cripple then for the rest of your life. And so helping them understand that there are, there are issues related or issues that culminate in those diseases that you can find early and that you can do something about is very important. Also helping them to understand that if they feel good, that is not necessarily an indicator that they are healthy. Feeling normal and being healthy are not one and the same. And once a man hits 40 and once a woman hits 50, there are very specific things that are, and it's not a big long list of things they need to be getting checked on a regular basis when it comes to cardiovascular health. And when it comes to other things, starting at age 40 for both men and women, there are things they need to be paying attention to.
Yeah. And like Ted said, just because you feel fine doesn't mean you don't have a problem. In fact, as, as in medicine, we always refer to high blood pressure as a silent killer because you can have, you know, blood pressure that is high enough to cause you a stroke or a heart attack and you might feel completely normal and not realize that you're having a stroke range blood pressure. I think that one of the other thing that keeps men and women from, um, from getting preventive evaluations is a whole time component. I don't need, I don't have the time to do that. I don't have, I can't take off of work to do that. And I think that nowadays, I don't really think we have that excuse. First of all, you know, Another, and this is another thing that we've tried to improve in our employees, our preventive evaluations. And one of the things that we've made our employees aware of is that through Blue Cross Blue Shield, through their website, you can do a health assessment. So this is something that you can do late at night if you want. Uh, on your computer, you can take this health assessment and it will be a series of questions just asking things about how you feel, your habits, your eating, et cetera, et cetera. And then at the end, it gives you a, a sort of a, a, a summary of what some of your potential problems could be and what you need to do about them. So you can go, and, and not just through the Blue Cross Blue Shield website, but you know, nowadays you can do that online and get a health assessment almost anywhere. And, and so there are really no excuses. In addition to that, one of the good things that you could say resulted from COVID was what we call telehealth. A lot of doctors now are doing virtual consultations, you know, just like we do Zoom calls and Zoom meetings, you can do that with a doctor. So you can do that just from sitting in your office if you have to, or on your lunch break, you can call your doctor's office and say, hey, I would just like a sort of a health assessment uh, via a telehealth conference with my doctor, and that you can get that set up. So there are very few excuses nowadays that people can give for not wanting to do that health assessment. For not plugging in. Yeah. Right. Yesterday, this whole week, we've been doing down in the Capitol Complex, a catapult health event. We had 60 appointments every day where employees could go there and do their catapult checkup. And I think that's also a really wonderful resource. I went yesterday and had my checkup and I'm 43. I try to eat well, um, you know, and I'm try I think I'm doing all the things, but going to that visit still is a little bit anxiety provoking. You know, it's interesting just how, even though you may be doing all the things, you still feel the fear of finding out something might be wrong with you. And so I think that's another barrier that maybe people sure. face. So well, just and, and that fear is normal. It's perfectly normal to, to, to be worried, to be anxious about it. But this is the way I look at it. Anybody who's ever owned a house or had a property understands this. If you start to notice a little leak in your roof, if you're ignorant about if you choose to be ignorant or go, oh, I don't really want to know what's going on with that. I see, I think I'd better off. That little leak in time becomes a bigger leak and a bigger problem and a more expensive problem. It's the same thing with our health. You know, I, I can't tell you countless of patients that, for example, felt a little lump in their breast and it scared them and they didn't want to go see the doctor. They didn't want to know that it could potentially be breast cancer. And so they let it just sit there unattended 
And then after a few months, when it's the size of a golf ball and they come in and you know it didn't start out that size and you ask them, a lot of those women were fearful of going to get a mammogram or seeing their doctor. But what they don't realize is had we caught it when it was really tiny, it was probably curable at that point. And when you let it go like this, you, you run the risk of having it metastasized, having needing a much more serious treatment and running the risk that you may not have as many years left as you would have if you would have addressed it at an early stage. So mm-hmm. ignorance is really not bliss. The sooner you address a problem, uh, the, the, the better it is. Absolutely. And it's interesting you say I also have diabetes in my family history. My blood sugar was up yesterday to 102. And that was a really good indicator for me that I need to make some changes. And I think a lot of times, like you said, I don't feel bad, but I wouldn't know that had I not gone and had that screening. So I appreciate that perspective. Get your roof checked. (laughs) Make sure foot oil in your car or whatever you want to, whatever other analogy you want to use for going to the doctor once a year and, and getting that preventive blood work done. Well, is there anything that we miss? Is there anything else or you have any final tips or suggestions that you'd like to give? I I'd might give have missed? one. Okay. I would give one when it comes to physical activity. Consistency is the key. Consistency is the key. If you are on medication for high blood pressure, your doctor wouldn't say, look, Take it Friday and Saturday, and if you miss it here and there, don't worry about it. Exercise is medicine, and you have to take your medicine regularly. You don't have to take nearly as much of it as you think you might, but you have to take it regularly. Consistency is the key if you want the long-term benefit, and you do not store the benefit. Just like a medicine, when you stop taking the medicine, it quits having its effect. So whether that effect is on your blood pressure, on your blood sugar, on your lipid profile, on your mental health, on your sleep, when you quit taking your medicine, you quit having the benefits. So consistency is key and stick with it. And I'll add one thing too, Lacey, that we really haven't touched on, but which is also very important. And that's for those people who are smoking. If there's one single thing that you want to do to improve your health, it's to quit smoking. Smoking doesn't just cause lung cancer and emphysema. Smoking increases your risk of developing high blood pressure. It even increases your risk of developing diabetes, and it increases your risk of multiple cancers, head and neck, stomach, colon, pancreas, uh, pancreas prostate, everything. And if, if we just could get people to quit smoking, the amount of money that we spend, our healthcare dollars, not only at a state level, but at a national level, would go down substantially if we would just stop smoking. So I I would tell people who smoke, do not ignore that. That's probably one of the single most important things that you can do to improve your health. On that note, do you have any thoughts on vaping as well? Because that has been a current, there's a surge and the pandemic hasn't helped any So think of it like this. Uh, The lungs are very resilient, but very, very complicated. It's a very complicated organ. 
And one of the things that is critical for the function of the lungs are, are, are clean alveoli, clean air cells. And while it's never a good idea to fill those air cells with cigarette smoke, it is certainly not a good idea to fill them with oil and aromatics and other junk as well. And there are now illnesses, lung illnesses, that are very well documented that people are getting from vaping. And so on the upside of vaping, people will say, well, but it's not, it's not the carcinogens. Well, and, and that may be so, but the downside is you're filling your lungs with other chemicals that are problematic in other ways. So the key is not to go from tobacco smoke to vaping. The key is not to be inhaling junk into your chest that the human body is not made for. Well, thank you all so much for your time. I could talk to you both all day. <laughs> I just look forward to all the great things that, that y'all are doing. And please let me know if there's anything we can do at ERS to help you along the way. Well, you already do a lot to help. So thank you, Lacey. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking time with us too. We appreciate it. Yeah. I'll look forward to getting back up to Lubbock one day, hopefully. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you. Take care. See, See you later. Bye-bye. All right. So that wraps up our two-part podcast with Drs. Ted and Janet Mitchell. Thank you so much for tuning in to the ERS Walk & Talk podcast. I'm very inspired by the work of these two doctors and how much they care about the health and well-being of their employees. I love the fact that they're promoting these benefits that are available through the health plan to help their employees. If you are a member of our health plan, you also have access to these resources that were mentioned. Please check out the show notes. Like I mentioned before, if you want to access and take advantage of some of these great opportunities. And if you are interested in establishing a comprehensive campaign at your organization, as the Mitchells have done, please reach out to me because I would be happy to help support you in those efforts. Next week, I hope you'll tune back in for my conversation with Lindsay Mangi, who is a registered dietitian and professor at Texas State University. We're going to be discussing intermittent fasting, what it is, ways to do it, and the health benefits according to current research. All right, everybody. Thanks so much and take care.